Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Seattle's east side. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Leftenant, or Reinventing Her Money. Welcome to episode 35 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we support women to create their own version of a wealthy life. Now, I've been a certified financial planner and a wealth advisor for over 30 years, and professional women hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence so they can build the financial resources they need to pursue their passions, explore who they are, express their inner talents, and live their personal dreams. You can join us every week to hear my expert guests and I explore seven aspects of living a wealthy life, including our finances, physical health and wellness, professional and career, mental and emotional wellness, recreation and fun, relationships, and contribution and legacy. And I'll share inner power qualities that women can develop and the latest thoughts on wealth and financial fitness. Today's episode is part of our health and wellness series. Now, our topic today is the power of a pivot point. When you feel your true self slipping away as you enter middle age, you know, you feel less energy, you can be forgetful, maybe quick to anger, maybe even a little depressed or anxious as you see yourself aging in the mirror. So my expert guest today, she'll be sharing her own experience transforming from angry to peaceful and exhausted to bright and energetic. But before I introduce her, I want to talk about something on a related topic. But first, how are you all doing this week? I know the holidays are almost here, and I'm guessing if you're like me, you have mixed emotions about what they might look like this year. In Washington State, where I live, we've been experiencing uh, COVID life for over eight months. That's eight months of working from home, maybe being without a job, eight months of minimizing contact with others, wearing masks whenever we go out, teaching our children from home. And I know COVID times are different depending on what part of the country you might be living in, but no matter where you are, COVID is contributing to, a, to more stress, to fatigue, boredom, anxiety, worry and helplessness, just to name a few. So I was talking to a client recently and she expressed her worry and frustration over not being able to remember simple details, saying, quote, my age is keeping me from enjoying my life. And then she said, my mind is getting old and I can't do the same things that I used to be able to do. Now, I reminded her of something that I like to teach. And that is that 
our lives turn out to be an expression of what we think. And that if we are careless about our thoughts, we might not like what happens in terms of our life conditions. Now, that being said, I could totally relate to her concerns. I wonder if you can too, because I often experience slower processing time, you know, those senior moments when I can't remember people's names. And then that ultimate embarrassing moment when I walk into a room and I can't remember why I went in there. Well, as I was preparing for our interview today, I decided to do a little research and get into the hows and whys of what is often referred to as foggy brain. I wanted to know if that so-called foggy brain is an inevitable condition as we age, or if there's something we could do to keep our thinking bright and clear as we grow older. So according to an article by Megan Rabbit in Prevention Magazine, being forgetful, unfocused, and slow in thinking, although it can be really scary, is actually super common. Now, I uh, expressed some relief overhearing that, especially since I know that right now we're really stressed out. So it's normal to feel overwhelmed by the state of the world right now, and that can lead to some fuzzy brain moments. And this was uh, quoted in that article by Jessica Caldwell. Now she's a PhD and a neuropsychologist and director of the Women's Alzheimer's Movement Prevention Clinic at the Cleveland Clinic. And she says, quote, it's tempting to think that brain fog won't happen until you're much older, but I see it in so many patients at any age and stress is a known trigger, unquote. And she goes on to describe a female marketing manager who was working at home and she described feeling foggier than usual. She'd sit at her desk and she'd doodle, stare into space, read doomsday articles instead of answering emails. And tasks that used to take her only 10 minutes started taking hours to complete. She'd have to take more notes than usual when her boss called so she wouldn't forget what was required to finish her projects. And she complained that there were more, it's on the tip of my tongue moments. Can you relate to this woman's experience? I know I can. Now, stress is certainly a big factor behind that fuzzy feeling. In fact, feeling frazzled creates toxins that can build up in our brain and impact our ability to focus, concentrate, and remember multiple things. And that's according to Sandra Bond Chapman, PhD and Chief Director of the Center for Brain Health at the University of Texas at Dallas. She's, she goes on to say that we all do things that wear out the brain. And then we wonder why we're not as clear-headed as, as we used to be. When our bodies are fatigued, we recognize that we need to rest. But when our brains are tired, we sometimes tend to just slog on through. The more we ignore brain fog, the more it builds up. And the more likely it is that we keep having unproductive days. But the good news is that if you start implementing simple strategies that give your brain a rest, you'll start thinking clearer very quickly. Chapman says, quote, science has revealed the surprising truth that you can actually do more to make your brain healthier than any other part of the body, unquote. And the Prevention Magazine article reminds us that the biggest culprit behind brain fog is often not enough sleep. When we sleep, our brain goes through a cleansing process that rinses out those built-up toxins. 
And Caldwell says, quote, sleep is when our brain reviews new information and consolidates it, helping us form more stable long-term memory. And this cycle also clears amyloid, the substance involved in Alzheimer's, which we're gonna to talk to my guest about in just a moment. So women in menopause report brain fog as one of the symptoms and a number of medications can also cause brain fog. So you wanna consult your physician if you have long-term brain fog issues. But as someone who's also experienced these same symptoms over the years, I wanted to tell you about a few strategies that have really helped me. So number one, this is, can be the hardest thing, is that you have to face what is really causing you stress and take some things off your plate. As a person who really is a driver and goal-oriented, that was the hardest thing for me. But I had to learn that it's okay to say no and to just make myself a priority. Number two, nail your sleep routine. Now, this is something that I have to work on all the time. But the great news is there's so many resources out there now to help us train our brain into having a normal sleep routine. And number three, move your body. We all know that when the heart is pumping more blood, then that blood gets the oxygen rich blood into our brain and that support our memory. So we can walk or run or dance or do strength exercises several times a week. Number four, check in with your brain. Stop working at least five times a day and give your mind a break. You can close your eyes and breathe. You can do a two minute meditation. You can take a walk or even just look outside your window at nature. As Chapman says in that article, quote, just five minutes with no major input is the best way to reset your brain. I was really excited to hear this. It doesn't take much, but it does take a little bit of discipline. And number five, stop multitasking because that actually irritates our brain, ultimately slowing it down. We really don't do that well with multitasking. We have to focus on completing one task at a time and then move on to the next one. Number six, think deeply about one thing every day. The research shows that if you read an article and then you stop and think about it, or you talk about it with your family, then that's thinking deeper and the brain really thrives on deep thinking. Number seven and final, get excited about something every day. The article says to find a way to innovate, get your brain to think differently, to get excited about learning something new. One of the ways I do that is I've taken up adult coloring and I'm really having a great time with all the colors and I'm not an artist, but I really do enjoy coloring new pictures. So as I said, visit your doctor if your brain fog stays around for months or if you're having making serious mistakes at work. All right, let's continue our conversation and introduce our guest. So Monica Tarr is a functional medicine certified health coach, and she specializes in helping women over 40 reclaim their energy and brain power and find joy in everyday life. As a coach, she treats every client as unique. She helps each person discover a health and wellness recipe that's custom fit to the client's unique values and lifestyle, so they stick to it for the long term. 
And prior to health co coaching, Monica spent over 20 years consulting with Fortune 500 companies across the globe, improving their customer service experiences. And this gives her great empathy in understanding the challenges successful women face, juggling demanding careers, family, relationships, and health. I couldn't be more excited to have you on the show, Monica. Welcome. Thank you, Teresa. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we have a lot to talk about today, and most of it is begins with you sharing with our listeners that you went through this journey yourself. You have had a history of really very poor health, and you were very concerned about it. You were forgetful. You didn't have any energy. You were quick to anger. You felt depressed. And so I want to talk first off, what was that really all about? It, uh, it was all about uh, a really surprise change kind of around the, say, 42-year-old mark where I just didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel like I could perform at work the way that I used to. Mm -hmm. Things didn't come easy. I was in a very technical field needing to remember a lot of how software works and how to customize the software to particular situations and needing to feel like I had to carry around, you know, the, the basic uh, Google archive basically of how the software works in order to serve my clients. And, you know, the whole not remembering names in meetings and, and that's very difficult when you're in a quasi sales position. And so just these things, these competencies that came so naturally to me started to drift away and become very difficult. And it, that was disconcerting, although fairly in the beginning, simple to overcome. I just, you know, made sure I had resources or I would look at notes before I went to a meeting or I would record a call where I wouldn't have in the past because I couldn't take notes fast enough. And I would look at the attendees' names before I went into a meeting to make sure that I could remember them. And, you know, so I just thought that was just a normal part of getting older. My sister and I used to joke about life over 40 and all the changes and that type of thing until it really sort of hit me hard with um, chronic fatigue where I couldn't stay awake really past 2 p.m. in the afternoon, I would, was work, when I was working at home and not traveling, I would run upstairs and take a nap, um, and not just a quick 10, 15 minute cat nap, but an hour, hour and a half, really falling deep asleep. And then I could come back in the afternoon and, and work, but not feel super sharp. Uh, you know, and by 8 or 8.30, I was conking out on the couch on my husband's shoulder, and it, it just was, it just was a feeling of losing yourself, the, those yeah. things that were my innate talents, I felt like they were slipping away. And I, I mean, you, you and I have both experienced some of these symptoms, um, and we've been on a similar journey, in, in fact, of trying to maintain our health and to continue to be productive because we're both really passionate about our work and our lives, and uh, we didn't really want that to slip away, did we? So uh, before we go to break, just tell me, tell us, were there some um, person, personality changes that you experienced also? Yeah, that was really probably one of the scariest things that I, I just had. I had one example that I can share that 
was just crystallized it. I, I knew it was a little bit temperamental, but I was on a conference call and it, and it, and it was heated and emotional and, and highly charged. And there were multiple people on the call and I cursed at someone. And mm -hmm. that is, you know, completely out of character for me personally, but, but definitely would have never happened in a professional instance. And I knew then that there was something deeply wrong that literally my personality was changing in front of my face. Wow, that is so, such a, uh, you know, I, I, I felt my, my stomach fall because I know that must have been very, very upsetting for everyone. And then you really saying, what is going on with me? So when we come back, I'm, Monica's going to continue to share more about her healthcare journey and how she eventually reached that pivot point to change things all around. So come back to a wealthy life for her. Are you tired of feeling tired, angry, and forgetful all the time? Are these symptoms making it difficult to perform your best at work and home? Restore and Renew helps women overcome these challenges by creating custom fit habits that perfectly match your lifestyle and help you regain energy, joy, and success. Our clients tell us they never thought it was possible to feel this good. They often gain positive side effects like weight loss, glowing skin, and a full night's sleep. To schedule a free 20-minute call, go to restoreandrenew.com slash contact. That's restoreandrenew.com slash contact to find the renewed you. I'm Teresa Leftenant. Navigating a path to increase your income is a critical part of a woman's pursuit of a wealthy life. Having a personalized financial plan gives a woman confidence that she knows where she's going and how to get there. We've all heard the saying, life is what happens when you're planning something else. We're here to help you either design your plan or revise your plan. Visit reinventinghermoney.com and click on contact to set up a time to chat. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. And welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant. And I'm really enjoying interviewing my guest, Monica Tarr. She's a functional medicine certified health coach. And we've just been talking about how she started to have these really concerning health symptoms at a, a fairly young uh, age in life. You were in your 40s, right? And yeah. up until that time, you owned your own business. So let's take that uh, step back. Tell us about your business, how long you've been in business, because we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show. Right. So I've had uh, two businesses in the last nine years. Uh, one was consulting for uh, companies across the world who have customer service departments and trying to help them improve the experience of their customers. And then the second is my current business, which is the health coaching business. And so uh, I've had a big change from moving to corporate life to running my own business and uh, creating systems for the business and for my clients so that I can help other people be successful. So I'm so fortunate to be able to make this change. 
uh, and I could not have made it without the help that I got to overcome some of these health issues and also mental health in a way, mental health issues as well, because uh, that what was happening was not just happening to my body, but also to my brain. Right. And just as a little side note, I love it that Monica and I actually met each other at a national conference in Florida, uh, where we were both learning how to be better speakers. And then it turned out that we both lived in the Pacific Northwest. So we've been uh, friends ever since. So okay, so you uh, owned your business, you've been in business a long time. And this was happening, happening to you while you were um, flying around the world and talking to people and uh, really building your business. Now, through this, you had some family history that you weren't really aware of at this time that came to light, right? Right. Well, I knew that my grandmother had Alzheimer's, but what I didn't know is that uh, my mother was also suffering. And the reason I didn't know it, it's very common that uh, couples will try to cover for each other because elderly people don't want to be displaced. They don't want to be told what to do. They've uh, earned a right to live their elder lives the, the way that they wanted. And my dad in particular was very concerned that we would insist on a life change for them. Mm -hmm. And so he, he covered for my mother in many ways. Uh, now that I look back at it, he was on every phone conversation and he was with us all the time when we were visiting. And, and I think that was to fill in the gaps when my mom had difficulty with a conversation or something like that. And so uh, the, the sort of tipping point was he passed three years ago. And so the, my sisters and I dive bombed in and it was apparent immediately that she was more than just a little forgetful. She was uh, demented in, in, in a large way. Uh, we thought she could live fairly independently. So we scooped her up and, and as lovingly as we could, uh, you know, transitioned her immediately to assisted living. So she would have support and um, she only lasted eight months in the independent uh, area of assisted living mm -hmm. and then was um, put into a board and care Alzheimer's only um, place where she's treated very well, but where the decline happened fairly quickly. And now she's to the point where she doesn't know who we are and can't hold eye contact and um, mm. can't care. It doesn't is completely um, nonverbal now. So it, it's, it's devastating to watch um, a loved one go through that and to um, made me feel very hopeless because Coincident with that time frame, I learned that I carry one of the genetic markers for Alzheimer's. So after helping my mom make that transition and, and seeing what happened to her and, and how this beautiful person that was, was essentially gone or leaving, uh, we uh, I, I felt a, a sense of doom that I had never felt before, yes. hopelessness. Wow, this was really coming at you. I, I imagine some of our listeners have been experiencing or have experienced this in the past too. And, you know, that's really why we wanted to talk about this is so that we could bring awareness to the work that you do now with folks. So continue. So you found out that you had a genetic uh, propensity to this. Is that correct? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And, and on the good side, um, I had a friend that coincidentally shared a book with me that, uh, you know, helped me pick myself up by my bootstraps and find hope 
uh, incredible hope, actually. This researcher had um, 200 case studies where he had brought people back, people with very serious dementia symptoms. They had to give up driver's licenses, move out of their homes, quit their jobs, et cetera. And he put them on a special protocol and it returned their lives to them and they live full independent lives now. One lady travels around the world by herself. Wow, that's exciting. Can you share the name of the book? Yes, I'd love to. It's called The End of Alzheimer's and it's written by Dr. Dale Bredesen. Oh, great. I have heard of that book uh, myself uh, through other folks that I know. So, and then there's, there's other books out there that are about the research that's being done to end Alzheimer's. So how did these changes that you were going through make you feel about your future at the time? Uh, well, really doomed. I mean, I, re I really did feel like everything that I had created or was creating, I, I kind of felt like, well, I have a responsibility to others in my job. Am I going to have to stop working? Am I going to, you know, saddle my husband with this long-term responsibility of filling in the gaps for me for goodness knows how long? And, you know, will that eat up all of our resources that we become unable to leave a legacy behind for the people that we care about? And um, it was really, uh, luckily it only lasted a couple months till my friend sent me that book. <laughs> and uh and, and then I found out that you are not doomed by your genes. No one is. Uh, it's really about how we live our life and whether we have genetic markers or not. It's about whether they come to light and get turned on and that we have the power to adjust our lifestyle in many cases in order to keep those genes quiet and sleeping and enjoy the rest of our lives full productivity with energy and with a happy, healthy brain. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I embarked on the protocol, even though I did not have, you know, mild cognitive decline or anything that serious. I thought, well, if it helps people who do, then it should help prevent it. And so that's what I've been doing for the last three years. So what was happening with the people in your life? Like you mentioned your husband, you didn't want to saddle your husband with having to, you know, take care of you. And that was part of the motivation for you to actually face it and um, take new steps, look, look into research and so on. But if you don't mind sharing, you know, how was that with uh, the people in your life, your sisters, your, your husband? Uh, well, my, uh, you know, when I got better, my husband actually said something to me that has stuck with me. And he, he said, you know, um, I'm really glad to have my wife back. I thought I was losing my wife. Mm. And I guess in a way, I'm glad he waited to tell me that because I think that sums up sort of how scared he was right, as right. well and how visible the changes were to him because I thought I was the only one who was noticing, but really he was noticing for sure. I don't live near my family, so I'm not sure that they noticed, but I'm sure that our friends did because my temper was different. Um, my lack of joy and level of silliness that would have normally come with my personality was kind of gone. And mm -hmm. so I'm sure other people noticed changes, not that they knew that what the root cause was. So we're going to get into the protocol after the break, but I wanted to ask you, what 
was your lifestyle at the time in terms of what you were eating, um, your sleep? You know, what were some of the the things that you were general lifestyle habits that you had? Yeah, they, you know, they weren't horrible. I would say that they were what normal folks our age do and eat. So I would, you know, so probably eating out, well, because I didn't have very much energy, we probably ate out four or five times a week, even though I do like to cook, um, you know, a couple drinks, uh, you know, a few times a week. Um, sleep was because menopause was starting sleep was interrupted with, you know, hot flashes and sweating and that type of thing. And we just start to sleep lighter as we go through that change of life. Um, and yeah, I, although, you know, I wasn't really exercising consistently that I would say was probably the worst habit that I had at that time. And the other thing was there was a lot of stress you know, two of life's biggest stressors, we moved across country, and I started a different job. So and and I didn't realize how stressed we were, and me in particular, and how long I had been internalizing that stress. Um, and, And in hindsight, that was a huge factor as well. Yeah, you know, that's why I wanted to start with the information that I did this morning was uh, today was to really uh, help people realize that stress is something we think we can handle. And it works kind of under the scenes, um, you know, behind the scenes and, and so on. Uh, you know, it can contribute to things uh, or interact with things like poor diet or um, other factors that we have. But stress, we really have to become more aware of how we feel about our daily life and the choices that we make. So before we go to break, uh, are are women more susceptible to dementia and Alzheimer's than men, do you think? Yes, they are. Uh, And the research is is uh, has concluded that essentially for particularly a a brain researcher at Cornell. And um, they're actually at uh, 45 years old. A woman has a one in five chance of getting Alzheimer's while a man has a one in 10 chance. And it's substantially related to the dramatic changes in our estrogen. Mm -hmm. Estrogen is uh, neuroprotective Mm -hmm. and does a whole host of other things in a woman's body. Uh, And so that's what they think is the kind of crux of the decline that women see in their life you know, their, their mental state, their brain, the brain fog you were talking about, their energy levels, and this ability to think clearly and, and act and be strong and have muscle tone and et cetera. It's very much related to the decline. It's fairly rapid, fairly rapid decline in estrogen. You know, and of course, we could have a whole nother show about, uh, you know, the the fact that uh, women really are stymied in finding good advice about this, uh, because the allopath doctors are not necessarily focused on that. They don't they don't necessarily uh, agree, disagree with it, but they aren't really trained to to help with that. And so then you have naturopath and functional medicine folks like yourself to uh to to get the kind of help but it's a it's a person to person thing isn't it everybody is there has to find their own individual path mm-hmm. very much so yeah everybody is unique and everybody's lifestyle is unique and that's really what makes such a huge impact the biology is 
quasi predictable and, and testable in a lab, but someone's lifestyle and the, what's important to them and how they live their life and their family structure, that's all very unique to individuals. And that's where the power lies in terms of fueling your body for the long term past 40. It's really a mix of lifestyle factors that keep everything operating in the body at tip top shape. And that's very unique individual to individual. Exactly. Okay, so we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I want you to start to explain to us like how you got professional help, how your path evolved as you found yourself. I mean, I wish people could see you because you are just in, um, I've known you for several years, and we're going to reveal how all of these changes that you've made have, you know, what the results have been for you. So come back, everyone, more fun discussion to have with Monica Tarr on A Wealthy Life for Her. Are you tired of feeling tired, angry, and forgetful all the time? Are these symptoms making it difficult to perform your best at work and home? Restore and Renew helps women overcome these challenges by creating custom fit habits that perfectly match your lifestyle and help you regain energy, joy, and success. Our clients tell us they never thought it was possible to feel this good. They often gain positive side effects like weight loss, glowing skin, and a full night's sleep. To schedule a free 20-minute call, go to restoreandrenew.com slash contact. That's restoreandrenew.com slash contact to find the renewed you. Teresa Leftenant believes that women deserve to reinvent their financial lives from avoidance and confusion to clarity and commitment by creating a wealthy money mindset and informed financial planning skill set. Without an understanding of their early money programming, women will continue to create the same unwanted financial circumstances. If you truly want to change your relationship and results with money, you must face what you really think and feel about money and transform it. Ready to change your mind about money? Visit ReinventingHerMoney.com to schedule a chat with Teresa. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. back and our guest today is Monica Tarr. She's a functional medicine and certified health coach and she and I have been talking about her own personal experience with some of the symptoms that women experience as they age but also finding out that she had a genetic uh, propensity to Alzheimer's because her mother and grandmother had Alzheimer's. So okay Monica so we were talking about you um, had all of these things happen in your life and some of them quite dramatic and quite scary. And then you said, okay, you've got to take responsibility for your own health. And then you went on a journey and you help us understand what that journey looked like. Yeah. So I had kind of two split journeys uh, when about the time you and I met, I had also met some friends here in Coeur d'Alene where I live. And one of them just was the most magnificent glowing 
lady I've ever seen. You could see her hair sparkle from across the parking lot. <laughs> and from pure vanity's sake, even though I was experiencing these awful symptoms of, you know, brain fog and short temperedness and et cetera, um, you know, vanity struck. And I, I said, Ellen, what, what kind of products do you use on your face and your hair? You're beautiful. And uh, she said, uh, I don't use anything special. I found this amazing doctor. And so short answer is I also found the same amazing doctor from her referral, who was an integrative doctor with a bachelor's degree in nutrition. And okay. the short story of that is he drew all kinds of blood and tested me for hormone imbalances, food sensitivities, all the other things you would normally test on a blood test, but then a whole host of, you know, nutrient deficiencies and et cetera, and found some very key things that were way out of balance. So because I was entering menopause, the estrogen progesterone was crazy off the charts mm -hmm. in the wrong places. So he helped me balance that, that helped my sleep. He found out my cortisol was completely trashed. So it would mm -hmm. spike up at noon. And then he showed me the graph, it would dive and hit the, the deck by like 1231 o'clock, which is why I needed the nap at two o'clock. I had right. cortisol to push me through the day. Um, and then I had a, like the lowest vitamin D he's ever seen and, and a couple of other things. And so, uh, you know, no one had ever done that for me before. So that was like voyage number one. Mm -hmm. And that got me to a much better place. The energy came back. My temperament got a little bit better. I didn't have to take those mid-afternoon naps as often or as long. And I didn't always crash at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> and so that, you know, by, because you have more energy then I was cooking at home more and I was taking more walks and wanting to be around people more and et cetera. So that's a, a life improvement by itself. And I thought I was doing great. I gave up certain foods that came up on my sensitivity test and had more energy and a little bit more clear headed and a little bit more joyful as well. And I thought I was doing great. And then this whole thing with my mom happened where we had to transition her to assisted living and finding out that Alzheimer's was definitely taking over. And then my friend gave me that book and I thought, well, I'm doing that because I don't want to have Alzheimer's ever. So I'm doing this as a preventive. So I did. I put myself on the protocol. I took the book with me to my doctor and the whole list of things that I'm supposed to do. And I said, I want to do this. And then he got a brain book and he said, oh, yeah, this is what the brain looks like. He goes, sure. Yeah, do go ahead. You have my blessing. So um, I did. And I did the protocol by myself, just reading the book. And in about four months, I felt like a completely different person. Mm -hmm. And by about five or six months as a complete side effect, I had lost 30 pounds. Mm. I was exercising five days a week, doing yoga five days a week, um, cooking almost all my meals at home, uh, much less hardly any alcohol at all. Those are some of the things that are in the protocol and really concentrating on my sleep. And that's when I, you said in the beginning about a pivot point, right? The, the impetus for the pivot point was seeing how bad my mother was. The fuel to make something happen was that I didn't, was really out of love. I didn't, 
I, that's not the world that I wanted to have with my husband as we grew older. And right. that's, and really it's the love that keeps me going when it's tough to stick right. to a particular eating plan or to say no to a glass of wine or to get out of bed at 6.30 and get on your yoga mat and lift some weights and, you know, to do the things that aren't your favorite things to do, but that, you know, work. And um, so that's what keeps me going. And, and those are some of the things that I did. So I, so I just want to uh, spend a moment at the pivot point because so many of us uh, feel like uh, the vanity is going to be enough motivation. You know, like we want to look better in our clothes. We want to look younger. Uh, it's all about the looks. But you're saying that your pivot point was well, you had a motivation of not getting Alzheimer's. That's a very big motivation. But really, it was because you loved your husband and you did not want him and the two of you to go through that kind of life that you you had watched your dad and your mom have. And mm -hmm. so yeah. that's what I think is a good moment. It's, it's a good thing for people to really think about right now is what is my pivot point to make major change in my life, whether it's in my health, although I would say in all the experience that I've had with my clients over the years, health is always a factor. Improving mm -hmm. our health is always something that's on our plate. And, you know, it's, it may be just because of, you know, the times we live in, but uh, really improving our health, improving our mental state is, is mm -hmm. always a project. And finding that that motivation is, you know, really important. So you found your pivot point, you managed to get super, super healthy. And in the side effect, you lost some weight. And then how do you then motivate women? <laughs> you know, you want women to call you, you want women to hire you to because you've been there done that. And now you mm -hmm. can really help others. So how do you get women to make big shifts like you made? So what I find with clients that I work with is that they've had some sort of pivot point that they've experienced. And, and as you were saying, it, it uh, more often than not, it stems out of fear. So they will have had a diagnosis. I have one client that got a rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis. So she has a scary diagnosis and she feels terrible. She's in pain constantly. So either people get scared because of a diagnosis or something like that, or they feel terrible or like another client who in her sixties is starting an entrepreneurial business and hasn't slept more than five, four or five hours a night for 20 years Ooh. and knows that she's not going to get to her dreams of this entrepreneurial business if she doesn't get to sleep, but she doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And so it's, it is some sort of pivot point, and it's usually a marriage of um, vanity, fear, and feeling terrible, yeah. or some combination of that soup. <laughs> I love that. And that's usually that. what gets them off the dime, right? Yeah. That'll, that, that's like, okay, I'm ready to try something. Mm -hmm. um, what we do a lot when we first start working together is, what's the real reason why you want to do this? Mm -hmm. And that gets into the deeper things that they value, whether that's family or wealth or love or um, learning something new or opening a business. That's really what uh, that's what 
that's critical for them to know because that will keep them going when they get to the maintenance phase. And, right. and really maintenance right. is the hardest because you're not looking to change a whole lot of things anymore. You're looking to stay the course. And, mm -hmm. and, and when we're, you know, from my standpoint, I'm looking to stay the course for the next 40 something years. Right, right. So it's really about, okay, I want a better quality of life for however long that I have. And yeah. um, that's pretty motivational, at least it, it, it is for me. Yeah. Yes. And they, they have some level of hope, you know, in the back of their mind, or we wouldn't be talking to each other. Uh, so they, they've had an impetus that gets them to make the call to set the appointment. And then they do have this lingering hope in the back of their mind that things can change. Right. Exactly. So um, there's a lot of do-it-yourself programs out there right now. And I'm sure you are, you are aware of them. And they seem tempting, don't they? Because uh, it seems like it's quicker and it's cheaper to, um, you know, just take a one size fits all remedy. So what would you say to women who have used a lot of the do it yourself programs? There's, there's nothing wrong with them if they're right for you. It's difficult to know that they're right for you because they are one size fits all. So it's difficult to know until you go through them. And also, um, particularly with diet plans, everyone's biochemistry is extremely unique. Mm -hmm. And so there really, there, there kind of is no such thing as a one size fits all that actually fits. There is like, even if your doctor said, I want you to eat, for example, XYZ style diet, they really need to work with you or a nutritionist or a registered dietitian. You'll find that those people, they'll go back and forth and back and forth and they're fine tuning. They're taking some things out. They're putting some things in and it's not a, Hey, eat like this for the rest of your life. It's eat like this until X happens. And then we're going to try something different. Well, so and there's that's also, the, that's probably the biggest difference. Right. And what I was just going to say, you know, when you're younger, you can you can go back and forth and yo-yo diet and try these different things. But as you get older as a woman, your body just can't really deal with a, a lot of change like that. So I, I wanted to say, um, obviously, women who may be listening and thinking, yeah, this might be something I want to try. There's some personal testing that has to happen, just like you had personal testing, right? Yes. Absolutely. And that's the way to go about it is to find somebody you can partner with to get a baseline of blood tests that go to, you know, the standards or cholesterol, glucose, all those kinds of things, but also looking at, you know, vitamin and mineral nutrients, toxicity levels, hormone, hormone is huge. And not, I'm not just talking about estrogen, progesterone, I'm talking about adrenal gland type stuff like cortisol. They all work together. And what we're finding out also is the hormone balance or imbalance is affecting the gut. The gut produces our feel-good hormones and it and it feeds the brain. Mm -hmm. And so they're all they're all intricately linked. And so what I would say to people or encourage them is to talk to their healthcare providers and see if they're the type of person that put all those systems together to come up with a holistic resolution or just a holistic baseline picture of this is where you are. And if you have a set of symptoms, these are the things that might be contributing with it. And then you just start 
checking them off one by one. Like, what can I do to, you know, if some people have like stomach issues, what can I do to not get bloated? Okay, I try those. And that's really the, the way that it works the best is you just sort of chip away, kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge or really any bridge, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, you, you got to paint it every year. It gets seawater right. all over it. And then when you get to the end, you just fill the bucket back up and you go paint towards the other side. And that's really the same with our health. It's it's a never ending game of curiosity like oh what are you doing today body well what can I do to make things better for you you know and it's like gardening every year you try something new and um I love that and, analogy and the gate uh, the the bridge analogy <laughs> that's really good so so tell yeah, yeah. Us how long does it take to get through the the initial part of the transformation, you know, like your, um, your examples of clients who, you know, couldn't sleep or they, you know, how long does it take usually? It takes about 90 days. Uh, mm -hmm. I know they say we can change a habit in 21 days, but you know, when you're 45, 50 years old and you've been eating cookies and baked goods your whole life, and that's really part of your essence. And now, you're, you've decided that giving up sugar is the right thing for you, it might take a couple tries. So it's probably not something like that that's so ingrained in your lifestyle um, and is part chemical. Uh, that might take a little bit longer, whereas, you know, a different change like walking for 20 minutes, three days a week, you might nail that in two weeks. So, uh, but I find people are usually hitting their goals their three, their 90 day goals, they're usually able to hit them right around the 90 day mark. And there might be something that bubbles to the surface that's a little more challenging, and then they'll continue working on that. Mm -hmm. um, now, someone who's very, very ill, and maybe has a, a chronic condition may take, you know, upwards of six months to get through everything, but they just have more to work on. Well, that doesn't seem like such a long time, especially when you consider that, you know, this is uh, your your opportunity to feel better, sleep better, have more energy and, you know, really pursue that wealthy life that uh, that I talk about on this show. And by the way, we have time for maybe two more questions, but describe to us, are you living a wealthy life, uh, Monica? I am. Yes. Uh, well, partially we planned for it and uh, partially I'm able to keep working. So that helps. But yeah, we have a nearly paid off house and, um, you know, that's my husband. He's, isn't even 50 yet. He wanted a paid off house by the time he was 50 and it looks like we'll make it. And um, we really don't have any financial cares. We're able to go places that we want to go and do the things we want to do. and we live a, a very comfortable life. We're able to give money to charity and we're just, we're, we're really wanting for nothing. And um, it's been a lot of work, you know, slogging through you know, the, the corporate drudgery for many, many years. Uh, but now we, we have the freedom to do our own business and to not be saddled with any debt. Um, and it's really freeing to know that we made it. Well, what I think that um, illustrates to anybody who might consider working with you is that you know how to make a plan and you know how to follow it. And um, that's really what I think a lot of people appreciate getting help with is, you know, how do I get from the 
the habits and the lifestyle that I have that isn't working for me and transform it into something that does get me more of what I want. So, um, you know, I just like to end by you telling us, uh, you know, what is better now for you now that you've gone through this whole transformation, including starting a new business. So when you think of the future, of course, after COVID, you know, how does, how do you feel about your future? I feel fantastic. I, I, you know, want to be traveling the world and spreading the message of hope that Alzheimer's along with other diseases of aging, like heart disease, diabetes, all the things that plague our populations, that it's not necessary. And it, and we, we, we really have the power. We are not dependent on our healthcare providers to give us, for example, pharmaceuticals or what have you there. The power lies within us and also that I don't, I'm in maintenance mode and have been now for a couple of years. I don't feel deprived ever because I feel so good by doing the things that I do. And if I go out and have a splurge night or what have you, it, it's a conscious thing. I consciously make that decision and I'm going to do it because it's somebody's birthday and that's their favorite place to go eat or what have you, or celebrate with a glass of champagne. But I do that knowing I'm probably not going to have a great night's sleep. I'm probably going to wake up with a bit of a food hangover the next day. And it's going to be a little harder to get back on the treadmill or do the exercise. But it's a one day thing. It's to honor someone in my life. It's very conscious. And, um, and I just, I don't ever feel deprived and I feel very joyful and fun loving again. And look forward to walking down to my office to doing the next thing, even if it's something really hard that I don't know what to do. Well, it's obvious that you have a very bright and quick mind. So thank you so much, Monica, for being with us. Tell us really quickly, tell our listeners how to get in touch with you. Yes, I'd love to hear from anyone who's interested in learning more. And you can reach me at www.restoreandrenew.com. Just look for the contact button at the top of the homepage and you can book an appointment to chat together. And I would love to talk with anybody. Thank you so much, Monica. I appreciate your time today and this great information. All right, everyone. Well, next week, our guest is going to be best-selling author, life sensei, and teacher, Nancy Muller. And our topic will be the three stages of divorce. And letting go does not mean giving up. So thank you for listening and being part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. I know that you have lots of shows and podcasts to choose from, so I'm always grateful when you choose ours. And if you enjoyed yourself and learned something, please pass it on to your friends and family. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you, Alexis Lieutenant Gregory, who composed our theme music, Eric, my producer, the support staff at Financial Advocates, and everyone at KKNW 1150 AM. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube under Teresa, T-R-E-S-A, Lieutenant. And sign up for our free training, Seven Financial Tips to Survive COVID-19 at reinventinghermoney.com. Remember, ladies, that financial independence is your birthright. And with the right education and empowerment and the right financial advice, you can overcome any financial challenge and create a wealthy life on your terms. See you next week. 
Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at reinventinghermoney.com.